TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Back at it, Chuckery Show. Halfway home on this Monday evening with you. 404-726-0929. We can uh, open up the phone lines here because I'm going to ask you a question. I'll state it a question as well. So, William Andrews in 1981, what a monster season that he had. 1,301 yards, 10 rushing touchdowns, um, and then he caught 81 passes for 735 yards and two touchdowns. Now, why do I bring it up? And by the way, too, he was first-team Pro Bowl, second-team All-AP. He was the AP Offensive Player of the Year. Oh, sorry, no, he finished eighth in Offensive Player of the Year. He had 1,300 yards rushing and 735 yards in receiving. That receiving number is the all-time record for the Falcons in a season. And, by the way, 2,036 yards from scrimmage um, that year. Now, he would be better than that in 1983 when he ran for, ready for this number, 1,567 yards and caught 59 passes for 609 yards. That's the second-best mark by a running back in history for uh, Falcons history, I should say. So here's what I'm asking. As we hear about, you know, um, B. John Robinson, right, they're playing positionless football and all this good kind of stuff, right, that they, that you know, they're going to use him at wide receiver and this and that, and he's not going to have just one thing that he does all the time and blah, 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 right? Do you think, that Bijan, and I asked Tori McElhaney this too. Do you think that Bijan Robinson can get over 735 receiving yards and set the Falcons' record for a running back? Day Day, I'll ask you. You think he can get to 736 yards and break William Andrews' record of most receiving yards? Out of the backfield? I definitely think he can do so out of the backfield um, just because of the type of back he is and just the way this offense, um, the pieces that they have. I think there's going to be a lot of um, uh, catches out of the backfield with this offense. So with that, 
that may mean that his rushing numbers are down. Yeah. Because, again, Tyler Algier gets a bulk of the carries. They they line up Bijan Robinson in different spots on the field to make sure that they keep him on the field, not just at running back, but make sure they keep him on the field. I could I again I could see it. Now that's a stout number, even by today's NFL standards. You know, 735 yards in 17 games, and that's assuming he stays healthy, but over the course of seven games, it's 43 yards a game that he would have to average. Well, you and that's that doesn't sound like a lot, but over 17 consecutive weeks, it's a lot. It is. Um, but and I was gonna say, but I think his, you know, because he's He's really they they really praise him for his ability to make uh, players defenders miss in the open field. Right. So I think what's gonna be the, the the yak the yards after catch that's right. what's gonna be key for him. You know to do that. And I think I again I think he's gonna be able to do it just because to your point they're gonna move him around. So he's not gonna always be just taking handoffs out of the backfield. I, you know he's gonna be getting a lot of. Uh, I think he's gonna be in a lot of pass you know pass plays. So 735 yards is the record for the Falcons for receiving yards by running back in a season. William Andrews also has the second highest mark with 609 yards in 1983. And then you get to Art Malone in 72 with 585 yards. And then you get into Devontae Freeman in 2015, the year before the uh, Super Bowl. He had 578 receiving yards. And then John Settle, actually, in in 88. So, could he potentially? Yes. But, boy, that's a stout number. And that means, and I'll say it like this. Let's Let's just say that he averages, let's say he averages 10 yards per reception, okay? All right, well, that means he's got to have, it means he's got to have 70 catches. That that's a lot for a back for a guy out of the backfield to have seventy catches, and at the same time, are you taking away targets from Drake London and from Kyle Pitts and Johnu Smith? Because if you're if you're tar, if you're if what's his name if uh, uh, B. John Robinson has seventy plus catches, that means he's probably got a hundred targets. He ain't gonna catch everything that you throw at him. He's not gonna catch a hundred percent of the passes that are thrown at him. So that means he's probably got 100 targets. You think they target him 100 times in this offense? Because, again, he's ha- very possible. And, and that's just if he averages a first down per reception. That just, that's if he averages 10 yards per reception, which is would be pretty good for a, a running back coming out of the backfield. They can get themselves 10 yards Per reception, that's a pretty stout number. It's a pretty good number. So, could he? Yes. Do I think that he will? No. I don't. I don't think he will get to. I don't think he will get to that that kind of number. Truly, get to that kind of number. When all is said and done, he might be about five hundred yards, you know, receiving or what have you, you know. And I could see that on 50, 50 55 catches. 500 yards, three or four touchdowns, but boy, almost 800 yards. I mean, 750 yards. I mean, in receiving, like that would that would be a pretty stout total. Now, again, 
That means somebody's not getting targeted in your offense. That means Pitts or London or Johnny Smith. Somebody's not getting targeted because they're not going to huck it around 50 times a game or anything like that. It's not going to be like Matt Ryan when, you know, they'd get down and, you know, remember that Arizona, what was it, that Arizona game where they had all the turnovers and all the crazy plays and Matt threw it like 57 times or something like that and they came back and won. So I don't know that, I don't know that there's that many targets to go around for everybody. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I, I don't know that there are, I don't know that there are enough targets to say, okay, Kyle's getting a hundred and London's getting a hundred and Bijan's getting a hundred. Like I, I don't think that there's that kind of targeting that's going to be going on. Yeah, but. On the flip side of that, that's why this offense is going to be exciting. If if Desmond just goes out there and what we've been hearing it, all the different guests you've had on, if he just goes out there and is just manages that offense, that's going to be an exciting offense to watch. So to your point, sure, a lot of targets, but that's a good thing. <laughs> that's a yeah, really good yeah, thing. I, uh, but again, is it at the sacrifice of London and Pitts, though? <clears throat> well, I mean, you know, is it is it at the is it at is it at the sacrifice of those two guys? Because I don't think that I would tell you that I wouldn't be surprised if I wouldn't be surprised if neither of those guys gets a hundred targets this year with how few that they will or how how infrequent they will pass. pass. It, which would surprise me about if Bijan's getting a hundred targets and again he'll have a higher catch percentage because the ball won't travel very far in the air. But I can't see them targeting B. John Robinson a hundred times in this offense, can they? I mean, they can't. I think the thing. I think the thing about it is this: this offense technically can be a nightmare, a matchup nightmare right. for almost every defense right. that they face. So I think it's going to be a matter of what defenses decide. Okay, who are we not going to let beat us this week? Right. So I think that will. That's definitely, obviously, going to play a role, but. You got Drake London, Kyle Pitts, Bijan Algier all on the field at the same time. As a defensive coordinator, you got your hands full as far as to say, okay, let's stop, let's stop Drake. Let's make sure Drake's not, you know, who's drawing the the weakest, you know, uh matchup as far as the offense is concerned. You know, that that DC is gonna have his hands cut out. And so I just think, you know, it's possible, but real realistically, I just think ultimately. This offense is 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 set up to be a, a problem so you, week you, in and week you, out. Who are you going to have running out uh, in the formations? Uh, as far as on the Falcons, who's coming out? You got London. You got Pitts. Uh, you know, you got depending on what you're doing. You got Algier. You can have Algier and um, and Bijan. You know, you can switch it up because Cordell is still there, right? So I mean, there's a so, lot of. So what 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 my point? I is, know where you're going is how is he going to get all those targets? Yeah. No, no. Um, well, uh, more than that though. Here's what I'm thinking though. This is why coverage sacks aren't a realistic thing. Right. Because you can't have you can't have all of those guys and somebody not be open in a short passing game. Right. And it's just impossible. Mm-hmm. And so the ball is going to come out of a, a quarterback's hand quickly before he can get sacked. Mm-hmm. You, you want nobody can cover all of those guys. Exactly. Right? <laughs> yep. and, and that's why I don't believe in that's why and that's why I do not believe in coverage sacks. Mm-hmm. Because it's not nineteen look, 
if this were 1978, right, and you had whatever, I mean, let, let's go 81, 82. You know, again, William Andrews, Alfred Jenkins. Um, I don't even know who the other wide receivers, but you didn't have you didn't have five six guys running all out in patterns. Right, you had very limited amounts of guys, mm-hmm. and that's how it was. That's how it was. So again, I, I, I think I think that's a stout number at the end of the day to be able. To, I, I think he'll get you know somewhere five five fifty, you know as far as receiving yards go. Mm-hmm. I don't think he can get to seven hundred thirty five. That's a stout number. It's a it big time number. So we'll see what happens. But um but obviously, you know, they're looking at him as maybe he can make a run at a kind of number like that. So um, you know, it's not not a thousand, so um, you know, it's but it's a it's a stout number to get seven hundred thirty five in one season as a running back. And especially in, you know, yesteryear NFL where there weren't very many guys out running around out in patterns and things like that. Now everybody's running around. Everybody, yeah. Yeah, everybody and their brothers running around yeah. in pattern. <laughs> Only and, people. And, and it's and it and you get rid of the football quickly mm-hmm. because the pressure's breathing down your neck. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right, when we come back, we'll be time for that's life. So, Thailand has their answer to a sandwich that we talked about from last week. Plus our top ten as well. Chuck Green, the Key Studios, Sports Radio, nineteen ninety Game, the Odyssey Dot Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame... Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice-cold reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.
Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. Back at it, Chuckery Show. Hanging out in the Key Studios, 920. You know what time it is. That's life. That's life. That's what all the people say. 404-726-0929. That is our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Odyssey apps I catch on the go. Social media is at 929 The Game. I'm at JMSH316. He's at D.D. Lewis. Do you remember last week, Day Day, when we talked about at, um, I guess, Asian uh, Burger Kings that they were going to create a sandwich that had just 20 cheese slices yeah. mm-hmm. between the bun? Okay. So Thailand doesn't want to be outdone in this whole thing. So on the inter- the international menu item from them, they are now creating a sandwich that... Um, it's just all meat. It's three beef patties in between a hamburger bun, but customer or sorry, uh, but customers can add as many patties as they want. So instead of just being all cheese, this is all burger. Um, burger King Thailand recently surprised burger fans with the real cheeseburger. A hamburger, a hamburger bun stuffed with 20 slices of American cheese. Their next move, the real meat burger, which is just like it sounds. Um, it includes three beef patties in between a hamburger bun, and that's all. No pickles, no lettuce, no ketchup, no nothing. Just three patties. And they say you can add as many patties onto it as you want. I feel like, wasn't there a triple cheeseburger or something like that before, though? Three patties? Like, I feel like three patties isn't an issue, but it's the um, fact that who would want to add anything more than that? The the um, Wendy's. Was it a, Wendy's that Wendy's, had it? Wendy's had a triple Yeah, stack. I, I remember somebody had something, yeah. yeah. But why would you want more than that, though? That's The basic version with three patties costs $9.79, according to a Facebook post from the official Burger King Thailand uh, account announcing this uh, silly menu item. Uh, the company added that customers can pile on as many extra patties as want as, as they want with each with with each one costing an additional two dollars and eighty nine cents. So yeah, no thanks. And, and, and they show pictures attack. of like a hundred patties stacked on top of one another and all this good stuff. Who in their right mind would like what would be the point? You're uh, not going to eat that. You're not going to eat that. What would be the point? They're nuts. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I mean, that that's, again, it's just wackiness. So, um, tragic story, but again, Day Day, we keep going back to these kinds of stories. So, a woman was found dead in Montana on Saturday after coming into contact with a grizzly bear on a trail just west of Yellowstone National Park. The Montana Department of Fish, Wildlife, and Parks said in a statement on Sunday that the woman was found deceased on a trail near West Yellowstone, a Montana town nestled in the uh, Custer, uh, what is it, Gallatin or Gallatin National Forest, just west of Yellowstone National Park. They said the woman was found deceased following an apparent bear encounter based upon what investigators determined were grizzly bear tracks at the scene. 
The department said the investigation of the grizzly bear was ongoing. Yeah. They said um, rangers issued emergency closure of the area while, where the woman was found, which is popular with hikers. Well, it ain't going to be popular now. Uh, though the woman's depart- the department statement said the death appeared to have followed the... Uh, to, the death of, said the death appeared to have followed the woman's interaction with the bear. It did not confirm her cause of death. The attack comes amid a rise of Montana, uh, Montana's grizzly bear population and an increase in sightings. Well, yeah, and guess what? Where the bears are, you better you better watch. Because guess what? Some days you get the bear, some days the bear eats you. Right. And again, um, I don't. I mean, again, we don't know what this woman was doing, but you got to. I mean, it, these people at Yellowstone treat this like a zoo, like they treat this thing like it's a zoo, and these are wild, uninhibited animals that are out there. Like, why would you go hiking alone in in Montana or whatever like that in Yellowstone National Park, while uh, knowing what's what's out what's there? What's out there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But these people are just, they're wackos, man. I mean, honestly, there's no, that's the clinical term for what they have. Wackiness. They're wackos. Yeah. Can't go on trails like that alone, especially when there's water. And with no defense either. I mean, again, I don't know if she had pepper spray or, you know, a gun, you know. But anyway, um, these people are crazy for doing all this stuff, putting themselves in harm's way. All right, happy birthday today to uh, Barry Bonds' birthday is today. One of my favorite baseball players of all time. Yep. Carl Malone's birthday is today. And J-Lo's birthday is today. Yes, the Jennifer Lopez. Mm -hmm. Is she, does she just go by J-Lo now? Is that, that's not her legal name, is it? No, no, no. She didn't do one of those deals. No, she's Jennifer Lopez. Okay, she didn't have like a symbol or a sign or something like that. Okay, that's good. All right, so tonight's top 10, very easy. Your top 10 favorite J-Lo songs. I'm going to put Day-Day to the test. He's the music guy. Day-Day, the floor is yours. Uh, not so easy because in all honesty, <laughs> I don't have 10 J-Lo songs that are my favorite. But uh, she's got some songs that I like. Um, I don't know if you remember the song All I Have had LL Cool J Oh, yes. Featured on it. You uh, know what? I forgot to write that one down. I forgot that. Yeah. Okay. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll add that one in. Yeah, that one was uh, pretty cool. Uh, Get Right. Um, and a lot of these were from like her 2001 and 2002 albums because mm-hmm. that's really the only time I even kind of paid attention to her musically. Right. Um, if You Had My Love, was, yeah, it was okay. Yeah. You know. That was the first single released from... From the, I think was that album called? Was that the J Lo album? Yes, I think it was. Yeah. Yes. Um, I don't know if you remember the song "I'm Real." Again, it was that same time frame. Yeah, I'm not with, sure um, which album. Who's the rapper that uh, was on ja Rule. that? Ja Rule. Ja Rule. Ja Rule yeah. was on that. Ja Fool. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, Jenny from the Block. Yeah, um, I love that song. Yeah, she had the. I don't know if the original because the locks are on a version. I don't know if that's the original or, but the locks are on a version. This was again. Remember this the, was that puffy. Dating Puffy era. And no, no, she... no. Remember, she was, well, in the video for Jenny from the Block, that's where she's on the boat with Ben Affleck. 
Remember the remember that's the, right. Remember You're the right. video for when she's on the boat that's with her right. buns exposed yeah, and yeah. all that. But around that, but the, the so and again, she's got a version of that with the locks on. So I don't know if that's like a remix that was put out by somebody, but there is a version. But that's still kind of her and the Puffy and then Affleck relationship back then. They were kind of close, weren't they? Were they were they together? Puffy and her? Yeah. No, no. We're Puffy and J- and J Lo. No, we're Puffy and Ben Affleck together. No, <laughs> oh, they weren't. No, oh. not that I know. Maybe they were. I mean, who well, knows? you know what? I think Puffy. Puffy I mean, came listen, after after uh, what's his name listen, Rodriguez. It, it's it's very progressive, right? Yeah. Well, you know, she was married to that guy. Um, oh gosh, uh, Mark Anthony. Yeah. Right. She was married. When she, she was married, married to, to Mark, Mark Anthony, because that's what they got. She's got kids with him, right? That's where her kids. No, are with. that her kids are with the dancer. Oh, her kids are with the dancer. Yeah. Okay. The guy from She's, the, the guy from the guy from I, I think I think it is either Jenny from the Block or. If you had my love, like right. he was a dancer in one of those videos, and that's who she had the kids with. Okay, well, Puffy was in that somewhere in yes. there. I can't remember where, but he was definitely in there uh, because remember that that whole club incident. Well, he was he was with her when she remember that famous dress that she yeah. wore that was yeah. barely there. Yeah, he was with her when when she that, wore that dress. Yeah, and she was with him in that club incident where one of his rappers ended up going to jail. Oh yes, yes, yes. And then that's yes. when they kind of broke up Shocking. after that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and then love, uh, yeah, love don't cost a thing. Mm-hmm. I have that one on there, but that's it for me, Chuck. I I, I didn't rock with J Lo like that. I, I'll be honest with you. All right, so um, I've got dance again. Well, besides, uh, what did we say? All I have. I mean, that that's the um, yeah. All I have with L. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that song, that song made my list as well. Um, dance again, one of her one of her better dance songs that that she does. That's a good song. Okay. Um, play. Um. What's it, what does it go? Play, play that song or whatever like that. That's another, it's another dance song. Okay. Of um, ain't it funny? I do um, remember. Ain't it funny? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had love. Don't cost a thing as well. Um, and I couldn't come up with ten, but, uh, but I, I came. <laughs> I came close though. I think I had seven or eight. With, with, with your song, it's eight. Okay. Um, Jenny from the block. Yeah. And my absolute two favorite J Lo songs. Waiting for tonight. Okay, I don't know that and, one. And oh, waiting for tonight. Oh, maybe if I heard it, yeah. Oh yeah, you you know that with that okay. song. That was a huge hit for her. Okay, and that was. Oh yeah, I do know which one you're talking about. Yeah, that yeah. was. It had more of the Latin uh, flavor to yes, it, right? That yeah. was. That was like her 2001, 2002. Because I can remember when my buddy and I had gotten divorced, mm-hmm. and we started going out to clubs together. Okay, because he'd never he'd never been. As an adult, in that well, I shouldn't say it. No, I, I don't want to say it like that. But but he was he was footloose and fancy free. Once he got divorced, gotcha. we were going to like rendezvous. Gotcha. And like that song was really popular around mm-hmm. that time. And you know, again, it was a real good dance song, and right. just um, it just was just was a, a big hit for her. And so that was kind of in our club rendezvous days when gotcha. we were going out and, and hanging out and. He was first divorced and so because he'd seen me go out all those years, you know, <laughs> while he was still married. Right. And then he got divorced and he's like, Well, let me try some of this. So Okay. Okay. Um, anyway. <laughs> and then my absolute favorite is um uh and Dance Again, by the way, is a song that features Pitbull. Um the other song that features Pitbull that's my absolute favorite is On the Floor. Okay. Uh with Pitbull. Okay. Um so that's that's my favorite J Lo song of all time. So hit us up with uh, your favorites as well. When we get back, Tori McElhaney joined the show as we uh, talk some Falcons foosball with her. Is believe it or not, coming up on Thursday.
Thursday we start our training camp coverage. So the morning, what is it, the morning shaft? Yep. And the Chuck House? Yep, they'll be there. And Dandy and Randy? They'll be there. And uh, they will all be at Flowery Branch for Falcons camp. And then Mike Bell and Carl Dukes, they will be at the Hooters at the Mall of Georgia, where they were last year. Yep. So if you're wondering where they will be, they will be at last year. And then where are we? Here. I can't, I can't, I can't, I'm reading, I'm reading all of the shows <laughs> as to where they're at. So they're at camp, Dukes and Bell at Hooters. Where, where, what, what's, the, did they just forget to put our remote yeah, down there? Uh, no, it's, it's huh? here. It should be on there. We're going to be here. What? Where? We're going to be here. Here. Like, like, oh, oh, at, uh. <laughs> Uh, uh, Holman and Finch. No, no, no. Oh no, Saints and Council, our buddies no. over there. Saints and Council. No, that would be nice, huh? but no, no. Oh, we're we're at the what? What's that? What's that? Um, what's that food court called? The, the uh, Pilot Pilot something. I don't know. Palladium or whatever. <laughs> are we gonna be there? Palatin Row. Palatin Row. No. Oh, Palatin Row. No, oh. no, no. Where are we gonna be? Here. Huh. Okay. Well, lovely compounds of here. Okay. Yeah. yeah, we're definitely confined. <laughs> anyway, when we get back, Tori McElhaney, Sports Radio, 1999 The Game, com app. Sports Radio, 92.9, the game back at a Chuckery show, hanging out in the Kia Studios on this Monday evening with you. 404-726-0929. That is our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Well, we're just a, a little bit over 60 hours away from the first official practice of the 2023 Falcons training camp. And, of course, we'll have all of your coverage Thursday, Friday, and then all of the following week. We'll be up there all weekend long, all week, and then we head out to the WadeFord.com hotline to talk to our friend of the show, Tori McElhaney. She covers all things Atlanta Falcons for AtlantaFalcons.com. You can follow her on her personal Twitter page, at Tori underscore McElhaney. Tori, are you rested and relaxed and ready to go? Do you got your battery charged back up as we get ready for camp on Thursday? I sure do. You know, I just got back from the beach with my family, so I, I think I'm ready. I say that every year, and then we get a weekend, and I'm exhausted. So who knows? <laughs> Ask me again in a week, and I'll tell you how I really feel. <laughs> yeah, uh, and obviously it will be, you know, nice and hot and bright and, um, you know, all those good things up there. But, you know, Tori, one of the things about this defense especially is, you know, it feels like that there are not really much – there's really not much – competition just as far as kind of spots to be had um you know I don't know if the second corner is in limbo or anything like that is I, I would assume that it's Okuda's job but 
really it feels like defensively for the first time in a long time that this unit is pretty well set and they've got some depth and they've got some pieces and everybody kind of knows where they fit right now. Yeah, I I actually would agree with that. I mean, when you and I think that's a byproduct of when you have money to spend in free agency, you can go out and get those big ticket players and those big ticket players are going to be your starters. And so I think where we've been in the last couple of years before this past off season, you really didn't have that. And so you had more competition just because you had a lot of guys on similar levels in terms of, you know, those mid-level veterans that they were bringing in on one-year deals. So there was a little bit more competition, but now if you bring in, Jesse Bates and you bring in David on Yamada and Calais Campbell and Bud Dupree and all these guys, you know, that they're going to be not only starters, but heavily in the rotation. And, and so I, I really do feel that way, but the only position that I feel on the defensive side of the ball that has a little bit of competition is at nickel. I wasn't expecting there to be a huge competition between Mike Hughes and D. Alford, but I really felt that way during OTAs in the spring and getting into May and June that that was, a, that was one spot on the defense that I was really looking forward to seeing how it played out through training camp because through OTAs I felt like they were really pushing each other, and I, I was very, very surprised by that. So, Tori, as, you know, again, B. John Robinson will be – entering his first training camp for the Falcons. I'm going to put you on the spot. I'm going to ask you a question. So do you think – so the Falcons um, the Falcons' most uh, reception yards by a running back in team history is 735 from William Andrews. I'm going to talk about this later on in the show. 735 yards uh, from William Andrews in 1981. I'm going to ask you the question. Do you think B. John Robinson could – achieve more yards than that or do you think he will be under that number oh that's a great question I mean if you're just going by like simple math and over the course of three years at Texas I believe he only had like 308 receiving yards total so not saying that that's going to translate directly to you know what he'll do with the Falcons but I do think because of the fact that Desmond Ritter does have a lot of options, I don't necessarily think that you can get to that high of a number if you're expecting Bajon Robinson to play a significant role as a true running back. And I, and I do think that what you're going to see more of is see him more as a running back. I know, you know, everybody talks about how the offensive weapon that he is, but when I really look at this offense and kind of understanding that, okay, Drake London's going to be out there, Kyle Pitts, Cordero Patterson should have a bigger role in the pass game than he did last year when he was kind of out of necessity, more of a featured back. I think he'll have more of an opportunity to look how he did in 2021 in terms of his usage. And, and you got you, you also have guys like Johnny Smith that I think is going to fly under the radar and Scotty Miller and Mac Hollins. I mean, all of these guys, I think you have so many options in the past game that I do think that Bajon Robinson is going to get his catches and he's going to get his opportunities and targets. But I, will, I, I would be very surprised if it's that significant enough a number. Tori McElhaney from AtlantaFalcons.com joining us here on the WaitFor.com hotline. So is the plan to start Matt Hennessy um, with the ones in, in training camp? I mean, that was – kind of the theme about OTAs and certainly Matthew Bergeron is probably going to get a look-see, but I wonder if they're going to work him in a little bit slowly. 
would the plan be for Matt Hennessy to kind of start with the ones right away at left guard? That's what I'm really thinking is because when you look at Matthew Bergeron, I think that there's not a huge pressing need for him to like go in day one and be the starting left guard and they just run with him until the wheels fall off. Like I, I don't necessarily think that that's the trajectory that you need to have with someone who is playing this position for the very, very first time. I think you ran into that issue with Jalen Mayfield and I understood, you know, with Jalen Mayfield, it was a different set of circumstances and he was kind of forced into that left guard spot. And I think he was forced into it before he was ready for it. And I, I do wonder a lot if he would have been able to have a year under his belt where he actively was playing that position in practice every single day, how different it would have looked for him. And I think the Falcons wouldn't want to make that same mistake with a guy like Matthew Bergeron, especially when you have Matt Hennessy there who has that experience Granted, it's not a whole, whole lot of experience, but he has more experience there. He's older. He's been in the league for a minute. You don't have to force Matthew Bergeron into that spot if he's not yet ready for it. Give him time to grow and evolve as a specifically a left guard. I think you kind of look at the the idea of what they did with Richie Grant. Richie Grant was a second-round pick, but they didn't throw him out there in the very, very first year as a starter. They slowly morphed him into that role. Same thing with Troy Anderson last year. You, you see that they really put a lot in this idea of developing these second, third-round picks and not just throwing them out there. And so I think Matthew Bergeron kind of falls under a very, very similar type of development path my concern is is this is that um i think hennessy and dolman are two undersized offensive linemen and i feel like i can live with one of those guys if they're at guard or center my concern is when they're arm in arm standing side by side with one another those are two undersized guys that could potentially get pushed around and you know, again, that was part of the problem for, for Hennessy in his first year was getting pushed backward. My concern is just when if you line those two guys up side by side, that defenses are going to try to push this team right into the backfield, you know, with those two guys right up front. Yeah, I, I think that's a, a valid concern. And I think my response to that is if it's not working, then change it. You have a, you have somebody who you drafted to be a left guard. If it, it really feels like you don't have the right guy there, go ahead and put Ma- Matthew Berger on there. You know, like if it's going to – if he's okay in his development to be there, then okay, put him there. I, I don't think that it's this like do or die thing that if it, if Matt Hennessy doesn't work out that – you don't have any other answer at left guard. I don't necessarily think that. And I also go back to last year with the fact that the Falcons at one point, I'm pretty sure played four different guys at left guard in four different week consecutive weeks. And they were fine. You know, they still ran the ball very well and they still had the protection. And so I, I don't think that it, it's really that big of a deal that these two guys are undersized when you, have seen in the past that they still were able to get the job done together. So any way you slice it, I'm just kind of like, eh, it's, it's okay for right now. And if it's not working, change it up. Tori, um, one of the other things that a lot of you know, the pundits and stuff like that have written about and talked about is the idea of 
the Falcons need more wide receivers and things like that. And when I look at this offense, you know, I, I do feel like, though, that there are enough guys to catch the football, whether they're specific wide receivers or not, with Smith and right. Pitts and London and Scott. Like, I think that they have enough pass catchers for a team that probably is not going to throw it, you know, obviously 600 times like Matt Ryan would. You know, again, I don't really see that as much of a concern. I mean, again, yeah, you'd always like to upgrade those spots, but I think they have plenty of guys who can catch the football no matter what position that they're actually playing. Yeah, no, I. it's funny that you, you bring that up because I was definitely in the camp of the Falcons need to draft a wide receiver. I think in every single mock draft that I did – Leading up to the draft, to the to even the like second and third round of the draft, I was like, okay, the Falcons are gonna take. <laughs> I, I was I was dead set on the Falcons using one of their second or third round picks on a receiver mm-hmm. every single time I said that they were going to, because that's what I I felt like it was a significant need. I could not on the roster even with Scotty Miller and e- even with Matt Collins, like them going out in free agency and getting them. I didn't see a surefire wide receiver number two. You knew Drake London's wide receiver number one, and I I couldn't see a wide receiver number two. I don't know if I still can because we haven't really seen, you know, a a separation after Drake London. So because of that, I was in that camp like, oh, the Falcons need more receivers. They need receivers. They need receivers. But then they go get Bajon, and then they, you know, have John o. Smith, and they have Kyle Pitts, and they have Cordero Patterson, and they have Tyler Algier. I, I agree with you. They're not hurting for pass catchers, and I think it's a situation with the way that this offense is constructed that wide receiver number two could actually be tied in number one or tied in number two or running back number one or running back number two. You know, there's so many different things that you can do within this offense because you have guys who are versatile and can just catch the ball in, in, in different types of looks. And so for all, for all of that being said, it's like, I agree. I, I don't think that wide receiver kind of as the off season went on, you got to see more and more about how these, these weapons were going to be used. It's kind of like they didn't need one. So let's talk about the most important position on the football field. And that's quarterback. How do you think that they are going to work Taylor Heineke in? Is it a clear Ritter is one, Heineke is two? Is there some competition there? Will they kind of look at both guys? Will the reps be heavily weighed toward Ritter? Like, what's your sense or your kind of your feel for what's going to look, what the quarterback position is going to look like as we move into camp? Yeah, I, I think this is Desmond Ritter's job to lose, honestly. I, I, I think that this coaching staff has been very, I don't know if adamant is the right word, but there's never been a question mark as to whether or not Desmond Ritter was going to be the starter after they said that he was going to be the starter. I, I think like that in terms of just like the competition, I even Taylor Heineke, I remember we sat down with him on his after he signed. Literally, he he signs on the dotted line, and he, he comes in and does these interviews, and he's like, you know, I'm going to be a good backup to Desmond Ritter, and if I have to go out there, I will go out there and do my job and do it to the best of my ability. Like, that's always been the language. And so I don't think that changes because of training camp. And I, I think this is, again, I think this is Desmond Ritter's job. He's been working with the ones. He's been prepping and practicing and doing all the things a QB one should be doing in the off season. So for me, it's without question that it's 
Desmond Ritter's number one. Taylor Heineke's number two. Tori McElhaney covers all things Atlanta Falcons for AtlantaFalcons.com. You can check her out on her personal Twitter page. It's at Tori underscore McElhaney. And she joined me here on the WaitFor.com hotline. Tori, as always, thank you so much for the time of this evening. And uh, listen, we look forward to camp uh, getting started and uh, chatting all season long. You know, can't wait. Just ready for football season to be here. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's here. It's officially here. So <laughs> thank you so much, Tori, as uh, always. Chuck me in the key studios. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, the Odyssey.com app. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.